Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of the Talking Llamas podcast. On this episode, we talk a little bit about Star Wars, uh, the, you know, the release of the new film, and then we lead right into our main topic, which is Nightmare Before Christmas. We, of course, decided to talk about this film just leading into Christmas, this episode coming out on Christmas Eve. We thought it'd be fitting to talk about really one of Disney's original Christmas, you know, holiday films, which we'll talk about, um, kind of where it falls in, in that pantheon of, of holiday films that we enjoy and that Disney has put out. Um, if you guys want to reach the show, you can find our page on Facebook, talking the Talking Llamas podcast. You can find Thomas and I on Facebook. He's Thomas Nelson. I'm Robert Camozzi. You can also find our Instagram. We are just at Talking Llamas podcast. And then you can find me on Instagram at the Disney Dad. That's D A Disney Dad for all sorts of Disneyland, Disney World sometimes. It's just Disney content on both sides. So if that's the sort of thing that you're into, go ahead and check that out and reach out to us on social media and, and let us know what you think or rate and review. Go ahead and rate and review the show. Give us an idea of what you like, what you don't like, and help shape the future of the show. And one more thing, don't forget to sub- subscribe to the show so that it just gets automatically downloaded to your feed each week when when it drops um, on Tuesday mornings. Okay, guys, without any more delay, enjoy episode 24 of the Talking Llamas podcast. Hey guys, we are back, and by we, I mean myself, Robert Camozzi, and of course, Thomas Nelson. Hello, hello. How's it going, Thomas? Very well, very well. Okay, so I asked you, I think I asked you this last week, if you're ready. Well, well, how are you, buddy? Oh, did you ask me how I am? No, 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 I was being selfish, and I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm used to it. Um, Oh. (laughs) uh, I'm good, I guess. Christmas is almost here. Yeah, I don't care. Are you you ready for Christmas? I think I asked you this last week. Yeah. Are you ready yet? Now you're ready. Mm-hmm. Nah, I, I never got in the spirit like I wanted to. Really? Not this year. Last year was great. Uh, and I feel like it's just hit or miss these days, depending on how busy I am and things things come up and so my mind energy goes elsewhere. But I don't think you did any lack of like I don't feel like you had a lack of Christmas engagement. We did you know, we did Disneyland, yeah. you've watched been watching the movies. And that just goes to show there's more to it than that. Although we did just put our Christmas up Christmas tree up today. Yeah. There's not even any ornaments on it. So it's really it's really a dull affair. There's a, <laughs> there's, there's a star that's I mean it's, it's way, crooked. Yeah, it's crooked, well, it's Peyton, leaning. Peyton did it. And yeah, uh, how'd she get up there? Um she's you know, she's small, but she can jump really high. Yeah. No, so. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just threw her. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And her head kind of went through the roof, but then she just plopped it right on top. Yep. Yep, so that was good. That, was <laughs> that explains good. all the pine needles on the ground. Yeah, just which is odd because yeah. it's a fake tree. Yeah, I'm not sure artificial. where. I, yeah, I'm not exactly sure where the pine needles came from. <laughs> I apparently the house is insulated with pine needles, <laughs> so that's good to know, um, just in case there's ever a fire. Anyways, um, 
are you uh, are you excited for Rise of Skywalker came out last night? Really, the first day is today. Um, rate your excitement. I thought it was. I thought it was like Wednesday night. They was they no, were doing stuff. It's Fridays. That, well, Wednesday night might have been like the world premiere. I, oh, I, I don't. Well, I, I just saw some stuff on Facebook that that was basically saying as much. On a scale of one to ten, one being extremely excited and ten being so excited you can't contain yourself. How excited are you? <laughs> Uh, I don't know when I'm going to even see it. <laughs> that uh, is quite funny. <laughs> that you, that but I actually was excited for it before hearing what <laughs> the critics have to say about it, which is that they don't really like it that much. Uh, but still, I kind of do want to see it. I want to see what it what it is and then but first i want to make sure that i watch at least the the two preceding films in sort of a weird way i'm more excited for it now that the critics don't like it or or i don't know if excited is the word but more interested in seeing it because there's sort of a floor for these we talked about this a little bit but off there's a floor with these sort of marvel films and star wars films where they can only they seem to only be so bad like they can be sort of uninspiring and not quite as good as other ones but I mean, they don't tend to be awful. Like, I, I don't see them and like, oh, that was truly terrible. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, I feel like they have a formula that gives them a high floor in terms of how bad these can be. So it's odd that, I mean, like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes isn't everything, but this one comes in at like 53%, which is, I, that's oh, really? bad. When I'd seen it, it was 58 Yeah, I think I saw 53 Maybe it's 58 It's whatever. Anything under 60 is is truly bad. Even in the 60s would be like, whoa, that's low. Well, it is always hard to say with with them, just because certain things you like so much, they rate in you know the 30s or whatever. But you like it for different reasons than it's a well made. Or film. there's a re- or there's reasons why they don't like it, like political reasons or, that can happen with certain critics. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that go. And into the opposite it. is true with, with that. Yeah. People can like things because of political exactly um, maybe insertions into the film. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, if, generally speaking, if the critics are not that into it, probably not that great. But the I think audience I, likes it so far, but not as much as Frozen Two, right? Well, well, few I mean, that, that was a ninety-two percent. I know. So the, to me, the, the gap was pretty big between like a, about a seventy-seven from Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes and like a seven point I don't know maybe two or three on IMDb, and then ninety-two percent of the audience. So I, I feel like the audience score was lower for Rise. But here's the thing with Star Wars: since the Disney acquisition. There's a lot of like hardcore Star Wars fans who are like completely out, like are like everything that Disney does with Star Wars they just they they despise. This is obviously kind of anecdotal, but that's been my experience with some people. So I wonder what swath of the fan base, like the the uh, Last Jedi, the most recent film, the audience gave that like in the 40s. I don't know if that's still the case, but originally. The score was extremely low for that from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. So that that kind of I wonder if this is sort of a return to form for Star Wars fans, but perhaps for whatever reason the critics don't like it. I'll be seeing it on Sunday, so by the time this comes out, I, I will have seen it. So I'll have a better idea the next time we're we're on air to to say. I actually watched all the films. Um, starting from I actually went chronologically, so I started with the prequels and just went in order. And uh, so I, I actually am pretty excited for it um, in sort of a... Isn't know. that numerically? Because chronologically they came out... No, chronologically ago. would mean in order of the story. Well, chronology is actual, is time. I guess, and so in our time, Chron- it starts um, with number four, five, and six. Well, yeah. But in the time of this, the universe of Star Wars. Yes. 
Sorry. Yeah, that's, yes, we're on the same page. Um, you, however, made it through the first film, fine, uh, The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed it very much, actually. You made it about, what, 23 minutes into film two and just for like... Yeah, yeah if not 22, yeah. 23 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I just never, I was so disengaged by it, not actively, but I just found myself after having turned it off so early that it was just not put off, but in no way turned on by it. So I was just not... Yeah. I just never got back into it. Well, that one's easily the worst. I mean, I watched them all. That one's so bad. The dialogue is truly awful. I mean, it's... <laughs> and the next one's actually pretty good. I actually think Revenge of the Sith is quite good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, there's... It's not like a perfect film or anything, but it's... It, I actually like it better than than one of... Probably the the Return of the Jedi, I think I prefer, Which is the final of the original three. I think it, I prefer it over that one. So... You know, it, that one's not so bad. and But anyways, the point is you had planned on kind of going through these and you just couldn't make it. Yeah. You felt I, it. I didn't see the, the real value in actually doing it. Um, yeah, you just couldn't you mean, have the stamina, Thomas. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. Some some people yeah. have a winning temperament, some don't. And, you it's know, okay. apparently I don't. Kaylee and I made it through and you quit. So, <laughs> with a capital it. Q and it, yes well it's the beginning of a sentence so anyways the new movie coming out I'm, I'm excited enough and we will we'll see how it goes um, a, a, a movie that we know is good that we're going to be talking about today Nightmare Before Christmas that's the that is the topic of, of today's podcast so um, just given the the holidays and it being Christmas Eve, the day that this episode comes out, uh, we thought it would be appropriate to talk about this film. Um, one of my very favorite films, I, I try not to watch it too often, just or at least throughout the year, but when the holidays come around, basically from like October, mid-October on, I, I try to watch it three to four times, if not more. Um, but what stands out to you, and I, I posed this question to you last week, and it may be the same answer, but what kind of stands out to you about this film, uh, just when you think about it? Well, n- nothing more than the music. Yeah, which we talked about last. I mean, you know, Disney movies, a lot of them center around music. Um, but this one, more so than many others, it's it's more, and it's funny because these two movies really in many ways couldn't be more different, but it's more in line with a movie like Mary Poppins than it is a movie even like Beauty and the Beast just because of how much music there really is. I'm going to need you to explain that. And I, well, in both movies, I, I I guess in both those movies, I will try to think, and, and sometimes we'll have these discussions, I'll have them with Michaela or with other people or with you about what my favorite songs are from a specific movie, one that has a lot of good ones. And with both Nightmare Before Christmas and Mary Poppins, and they're really the only two where I do this. I'll get down the line of sort of ranking my my favorite songs. I'll get like seven, five to seven songs down the list, or, or you know, some, somewhere down the list, and then realize I've forgotten two or three songs even existed, and then have to restart my whole list. Where it's like I just forget how many songs there are and how many quality songs there are. Well. I- that's your opinion certainly in there because when I rewatched it like I know you love most of the songs if not all of them there are a few that I just don't think are they're not really a top tier songs the only one Uh, I'm not with really is Sally's song that's the only one that doesn't see even I disagree with you on that not that you like that one or it's a top tier song but I I like that it's it's such a deviation I think from what 
it's it's more in line with like Jack's Lament yeah. than uh than any other song and I like that it's different. And also it gives her some more dynamic elements as yeah. a character. But like what what's the one it's not town meeting, it's he's he's like doing the Jack's Obsession? Yeah. Like I don't really like that. I love that song. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, and even the town meeting one is okay. It, it, I could listening to one of them, I can't remember which. I I was remembering what I said about like in, into the unknown and how the lyrics are kind of smashed in at certain parts and how I didn't like that. And that that was how lyrics were in that in one of those songs. But it also at the same time felt like just a, a stage song like it belonged on a stage. Yeah, it's different in that way. So I, I didn't I didn't like that so much. It, it at the same time, it wasn't so bad. So, you know. Yeah, I think it's, I, it might be a personal preference thing. I really like pretty much every song in this in this movie. Uh, there are definitely a lot of songs that are great. Um, I also just, I, I like the uniqueness of it in terms of, you know, obviously the animation style. Uh, stylistically, there's not, not many movies like it. So I really, I really enjoy it for that. Um. Go ahead. When was the first time you watched this movie? Man. Or maybe, what are your earlier memories of it? I didn't watch it a lot as a kid. I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't watch it a, a ton. Really, I think we we watched it a couple times in school, and that's the only time I really watched it. So memories of it are more, you know, when you're in the you know elementary school and maybe even early middle school, there's those days where you're about to go on Christmas break or whatever, and you don't, you're not really doing much and you're watching it in class. And it, it's, so I, that's kind of, those are kind of my memories of it. You know, I, I didn't have the expo- exposure to it as a child. My parents just never really showed it to me, but watching it in class and, and those sorts of things were my early impressions of it. And then when I watched it as an adult, I really, Grew to grew to love it from there, and then being exposed to it in the parks and things like that uh, really punctuated that for me. But but what about you? Did you watch it more as a, a child? Yeah. So I used to. I my memory is of so my family. My dad's side is a large family. He's one of thirteen kids. So every year it used to be the case anyway until people started you know uh, moving away and things like that. That during the holidays we'd get together for a Christmas party usually on christmas eve or some but in general some get together during december where we can exchange some gifts in a fun way with especially for kids and have food and enjoy each other's company it would very often take place when i was a kid um at my my aunt's house a couple towns over and she had this wall of vhs tapes cds uh so entertainment essentially and I could borrow a movie or two or however many I, I saw that I wanted. And during those times, I would always borrow The Nightmare Before Christmas. And so then I would have it at home to watch. But I didn't, just like you, my parents didn't really show it to me. But that is how I really saw it in, when I first started. So maybe like when I'm, I don't know, let's say seven years old. I know a lot of people who this movie just like, they, it just creeps them out. I feel like people are either like totally in or totally out on this movie. You you don't seem to be one of those people because I don't take any polls. Yeah, I, oh, you, yeah. Of course, this is also well, like you come. You seem to come back with having had conversations. Come back, meaning come back to the apartment and we talk about. Yeah, it. and you seem to have conversations with people where it comes up and you you gather enough information apparently from enough people to say it's an either or, like I hate it or love it. Yeah, I t- I just talked to. 
wherever I've worked, I'm always the person in the office who loves Disney the most. So people will talk to me about things. And so things will come up. And this movie has come up on several occasions. And to to each person, it's like, oh, I love that movie. Or, oh, my gosh, I can't watch it. I, I watched it as a kid, and it creeped me out. And I, I can't watch it at all, ever. And that that just seems to be – now, I'm sure – I mean, you seem to fall in the category of more like you like it a lot but you don't you're not like obsessive about it or anything i mean michaela didn't used to watch this movie and there is no thomas's obsession yeah about this <laughs> yes i will say the charm has dwindled over the years oh it's, it's, it's you, not you as tri- charming anymore what do you attribute that to um knowing well most of the movie is the songs and i hear the songs a lot um but it, I, I can't other than that i don't know that i can pinpoint it on the spot right now maybe by yeah. the end of the episode we'll we'll come to it but i just know that having watched it i did not appreciate it with the same depth uh, that i did beauty and the beast last okay. week that's interesting because there was a distinct difference in feeling watching the movies they're such different films just stylistically that i i could see i could see why that would have why you would say that and and how you would feel that way i every time i watch it at the very least the the animation just you know the way it's made just really appeals to me for some reason I'm not sure what it is exactly, but again, stylistically, it it is really something that I enjoy. And each time I watch it, I feel like there is a lot to see, and you can look at different characters throughout the film and maybe see something you haven't seen before or or haven't noticed before. And uh, and I, I enjoy that. I I just enjoy the the way the film's made. Um, so there's always that baseline for me that I've never that part of it for me. Even if I'm not as into the music. Um, just because I've been hearing it a lot, which happens because, like I said, around this time I watch this movie a lot or I listen to the music a lot. If I'm just like kind of music's played out for me, I always have the sort of interest in the style of the movie to take me back into it and, and give me something to look at at least. Do you think that part of the reason why people are creeped out by the film is the style of animation or the, let's say for Jack, he's got really skinny limbs. Yeah. Um, and you could say that in a way he's like a spider or something, like uh, an insect. Yeah, he does move like that. Yeah. I, um, I well, I don't have to speculate on this. I mean, at least pe- people who tell me they don't like it, something like eighty percent of them say, like cite the animation or the style or whatever as what they can't stand about it. Like it, it really makes them uncomfortable. I, <laughs> I just had a memory that of like when I was a kid that the animation was what was attractive about it to me. I, maybe there's because yeah. there's a lot of texture to it. Yeah, it does feel more like textile, doesn't it? Like you could, like you can feel it more. I don't know that textile is interchangeable with texture, but yeah, like you can see the grooves and the and the yeah the the creatures. I mean, what do you call them? But yeah, that that's something that I like. Yeah, I like that as now. well. I don't think everyone does, but so I think some children. But like for example, Peyton. There was a time when she was two or three where I would set her up with this movie and she would literally, she would watch it and I would like be doing whatever. And, you know, then I'd walk in the room later and this is Halloween was playing again. And I'd be like, wait a second, did you start this over? And she'd be like, yeah, she'd watch it like three times in a row. And she would do that every day. She did that for like six months, just randomly. And she still really likes this movie and likes the characters and all, all that sort of thing. But uh, Michaela's another one who I basically introduced this movie to her last year or, you know. Well, I was there for that. We had a, There was a Christmas party we were all That's at. True. On, what was it, Christmas Eve? Yes. Yeah, and, and then it was, 
you know, put out there that she had not seen it really. Yeah, not sit down, sat down and watched yeah. it. She likes this movie maybe more than I do now. I mean, she just is obsessed with it. She she watches it at every opportunity. Well, she's in that new stage of it's it's still a novelty to her. Yeah, that's true. Like for me, the charm definitely dwindled. It doesn't seem like for you it has. No, it, it there's something about it, the sort of uh, the nature of it that I think I'll always appreciate. Uh, I don't think that that, like I said, I think it's got a, a baseline of how far that charm can dwindle for me, just because it's so unique in that way for me. How how about that? how it manifests itself in like the parks and does that appeal to you do you do you enjoy that well i mean it's just it's the one the one area right it's new orleans yeah Square. there's merchandise and there's uh like does this movie lend itself to merchandise more than others i actually think it does um i think there well i don't but, think there's an argument to say that it it doesn't lend itself to merchandise more than others because they take advantage of it in yeah. so many different ways yeah uh, yeah, well, so I agree. It's kind of amassed a cult following the, more than any other. Yeah, Disney, yeah. Could, because of its unique nature, I think. And, and honestly, I think people like darker things too. Yeah. And so to sort of like you could have so many different kinds of tattoos with this, and mm-hmm. it wouldn't look all that different from a normal tattoo because of. But also the colors are really cool. Like yeah. yeah, sure, there's black and there's white, but like Sally is multicolored, and she looks really cool. Yeah, uh, that's interesting because she. She does have a brighter, sort of a brighter setup than a lot of the other characters do. I mean, Jack, of course, but then there's, you know, you, you think of all the other creatures and they all have darker features, but she's she's sort of a brighter blue color and then her, her dress is multicolored of brighter colors. I wonder if there's anything to that that's interesting. Well, the, the, the whole movie is, I mean, this contrast between this land of Halloween. They call it Halloween Town or Halloween... It doesn't matter. It's town of Halloween. I don't, I don't know if it's ever explicitly stated. Yeah. So anyway, the contrast between Halloween and Christmas, where Halloween is generally darker and not as exciting visually, it's not as vibrant yeah. uh, in terms of color, especially. But then you go to Christmas, and things are much simpler, even in the design of in the film. Uh, and uh, th- the colors are bright, and and you get to see Jack go in between there. So in terms of merchandise, you get a lot of uh, opportunity, yeah, to expand. But also, it seems like just in looking at the difference between dark, the dark and the light, and exploring both, it, as humans, that's an interesting thing to engage yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. What would you say your favorite song in this movie is? Out of curiosity, Jack's lament. Oh, okay, okay. Um. Do you want to know why? I, well, yes, I do. Oh, okay. Well, one sort of silly reason is I know a lot of the words, so it, when it comes on and I can I can sing it, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know that that's silly. I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, but like I could learn the words to other songs too, <laughs> yeah, and it was true. You know, so but I don't know. I like that there's sort of a, a melancholy flavor to it. Yeah, because in the and that's one of the first songs. I think that might be the first full song. With lyrics, it's sung. Well, there's there's this is Halloween. Okay, so then after that one, that's more of a. But this is a sort of. Solo it doesn't matter. Song. It's, it's one of the first ones. Yes, very. And he's on. in the what? He's in the graveyard, right? He goes up that mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I really like that. It's it's well, you certainly get to know Jack at that point. Yeah, it's sort of that's the 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 Bell song of like we talked about last week, where you learn a lot of what you need to know about Bell. You learn a lot of what you need to know about Jack in that moment. Uh, and I do think it's a good song for that. Uh, I 
I like that song. It's actually not one of my favorites. I, I, for me, it's like, I really like what's this actually. For, for some reason, I thought you didn't like that. No, I like that song. Um, I really like all the songs. I, I mean, here's the thing. I really like Town Meeting and I like Jack's Obsession, but those songs are a little bit different in that they're more dialogue driven. Whereas, uh, you know, J- things like Jack's Lament and What's This are more, you know, him him talking. I don't know how ex- him talking to himself, but him externalizing his thoughts. Um, so they're different. They're kind of in different categories. See, that's that's while we're on it. Uh, back last week when we were looking into Beauty and the Beast, one of the directors or somebody working on the the film was talking about how musicals. Maybe it was some, I don't know who it was, but somebody involved in the process was talking about how musicals, the reason they're singing is because they're so filled up with some kind of emotion that they can't hold it in. And whether they, in real life, you'd actually burst out into song or whatever you would, it's just not the point. So for me, what's this, Jack's Lament, are those kinds of songs. Yes. Town Meeting, Jack's Obsession, not so much. Yeah, okay. I could see that. And so in that way, I'm not as attached to them. They don't do it for me that much. What about uh, Oogie Boogie? I love it. That's such a great. Oh song. yeah, that's my un, that's my next one. But I, 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 you do the same. I always forget about it. Yeah. But it's it's a really fun one to to do if you have a deeper voice and you can get even anywhere near yeah. to just him. It's it's great. Yeah. No, it's it, this is a fun movie for if you do enjoy like sort of singing along to songs. And I don't do it during the movie as much, but like if you're in the car, like when we go down to Disneyland, we'll listen to some Disney songs. And when these ones come on there, there's a couple of them that are really fun to to get into and and sing. And the Oogie Boogie song might be top of the list from this film uh, in terms of songs that if you can get into it and you remember the words and you can kind of get your voice into that spot, it's a lot of fun to to play along with that. Well, and there's certainly a lot of character. Yes. To to get your voice to sound like his, you have to... what imbibe it with character you have to insert you have to sort of character. embody that character you have yes. to uh make your voice growl at certain parts you have to get your yeah you could channel the you character have to channel it. yeah you, and uh and then you get real high at certain point you just have to do all the things the character would do so yeah channeling the character it's really kind of interesting because even the just the way he speaks you know he's got he's oh everything's he's always at a 10 you know yeah. 11 you know? yeah when or what screaming and that's just how his character is so when he does that song you have the opportunity to sort of like like we said channel that character um yeah you know it it, this movie has some great characters it's it's like an hour and 15 minutes or whatever but it's got you know it's got jack it's got um oogie boogie and it's got the mayor i really enjoy i think it's quite funny uh I mean, does anyone think to dredge the lake? I mean, he just says things, uh, you know. Well, what's interesting about him, obviously, is that he has two faces. Yes. And they use it well yeah. in the film. Yeah, it's very, this this movie has some subtle things like that that are quite, uh, are, are really, I, I guess delightful is the word just because of, you know, it, it gives the movie a lot of depth. Um you know, Jack is just completely clueless throughout the whole film as to what Sally's trying to tell him. And there's this conversation they have where he asks her to uh, make his his Sandy Claus outfit, as he calls it. And um, she's saying how, you know, it's going to be a disaster. And she thinks he's talking about, he thinks that she is talking about the the outfit. She's talking about Christmas. And he's all, how could it be? Just follow the pattern. This part is red. 
the trim is white and he's just not listening to what she's saying mm-hmm. um and that's something i didn't pick up on as a child but when i watch it now you're like oh she he's just he's completely deaf to anything right now he's he's only seeing this christmas thing that he's decided he's going to go on um so i think i just think that there's a lot to this film to sort of um what would you say digest and and um uh dissect um and and that's one thing that i like about this movie there's a lot of a lot of layers to it yeah um i just what would you say i mean if i've had to i've tried to rank this film before among other movies um maybe even just of the decade but it's so hard to do because it's so different from those other films where does this movie fall for you in terms of you know if we're just talking like all-time disney films it sounds like you've sort of it's sort of waned for you a little bit but where exactly does it how, how do you well sort of place okay, it enough <laughs> yeah. but i get what you're saying we're ranking it in, in this difficult era in which there are yeah. so many great films i don't actually see this film as disney in the same way that i would any other film from the renaissance so little mermaid through what mulan or something yeah because this one was in 93 yeah so i guess what's interesting is that's part of the quote-unquote renaissance but i don't include it in that you know when i talk about renaissance films i think much of that is to do with the animation yeah so i'm not i I understand that that's where i'm not including it in in the same realm but uh, i think it is it's up there i i don't know i i don't know how you rank it well, artistically, what, what what would you say about it artistically? Because I think that this this to me, this movie truly is like an artistic achievement, just because of how unique it is and the animation style, along with the music. Um, I mean, that's that's me. But how do you feel about it? Sort of on par with things like Beauty and the Beast and Lion King, um, and and even Aladdin, artistically. Well, Aladdin, I'm not so impressed by the yeah artistic, other than like say, animating the genie. That's really interesting. Um, but um, but I guess there's so many levels of the art, including the writing and the music and how it all comes together too. This the one voice is acting. Yeah, and this one is this one is very well done artistically, but also technically. So I don't I I can't separate those two. So I'd say it's one of the the more artistic projects. I mean, certainly it's it's something that. I won't say it wasn't seen prior, but I don't know that there was anything like this before. That's like, what I was thinking just now. I'm I'm mostly talking about stop motion animation, but also with the all these songs involved and the story uh, surrounding the holidays and all that. But yeah, but before that, like Tim Burton, he did one other sort of film, maybe shorter film. I don't know. I forget the name of it now, but it had stop motion animation but i don't think a lot of people were doing it especially for feature films yeah i mean people aren't even doing it now it's not so i mean it's not something that's terribly popular i don't know do you think that that's because it's so labor intensive or oh absolutely it, yeah Be, yeah or because i'd imagine there's somewhat of a market for it although animations change so much that it's hard to say how a movie a feature-length film i mean there's other ones like Coraline's like this film um and they've made other ones like Corpse Bride, and it seems like Tim Burton's behind all of them. Yeah, he yeah, exactly. He's the only one doing it. I wonder why that is. 
because he doesn't have to do it. Well, at least with this one, he didn't do the stop motion. He yeah. had other people do it, and obviously that's what you do. You don't do everything yourself as yeah. a director or whatever. But uh, it's easier. This is not easy animation, so it's easier to do drawings, I think. Yeah, I, I saw, I don't even want to try to guess the exact number, but it took some ridiculous amount of time to just get like one second of each each film. Well, think each. about it. One second is 24 frames. Yeah. And so you have to move the characters manually with your hands. Each um, one has yeah, to for I mean, each frame. You can't just have it sitting still. Yeah, and so I was perplexed to think about how do they know how much to move something within those 24 frames. Yeah. I don't know. I guess you I guess you can make pretty big jumps like if you're if you're moving quickly, you don't need to make slow movements for every frame, but you can make bigger ones and but I guess they're they're professionals so they know. The point is it it really takes a long time and you have to capture you have to capture a picture of every frame and then I guess you put it all together. But that's how it, but that's how it is cuz you can't videotape you fixing I don't know. I, maybe you can. Maybe you can like take yourself out of it. I, no, that's not going to work. It's it's got to be photos. Yeah. High resolution and photographs. Then, and then lined up in in line. Yeah. I guess. It's amazing, though, technically. Well, that really is what film is. It's just a series of capturing uh, frames, but it's all on one film strip or however many, and you splice them together and all that, and then you put it through a projector or some kind of viewer apparatus, and then you can see them all quickly at the proper rate, so 24 frames per second most of the time, and then it looks like it's moving. So that's why they call it motion picture. Yeah. So, yeah, stop-motion animation, yeah, pictures. The voice acting in this movie stands out, like we said before. Um, it does? I think so. I think the voice acting's like, even like some of the... Cause uh, you, what do you mean? Uh, the, vo- the, vo- the voices are have to be sort of bizarre and unnatural because of the, the, what would you, the makeup of the characters or this world that we're not familiar with. And I think they do a pretty good job of it. Um, even like the secondary characters all have pretty, really unique voices. And, um, and then obviously the larger characters like, uh, Jack and the mayor and, um, Dr. Finkelstein and Oogie Boogie and even, um, Lock, Shock and Barrel, they all have really unique voices that I think they're all different, but they all sort of, uh, maintain the theme of the film which is sort of like unnatural creepy voices well yeah the casting was was good i guess i don't know that the actual acting of the voices was great all across like the doctor what what's his name finkelstein 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 um he i recognize his voice from having seen that actor on a different television show oh what show is that um Oh, you know what? It wasn't a television show. It was a movie, Major Pain. Oh, okay. He was the, uh, if you've seen it, he was the, the like the principal or the, one of the head administrators or something at, at the school where these, well, at the school. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And there's like a fly in the room. Anyway, it's that, there's an older gentleman and that's just how he sounds. So it, That's interesting. So he didn't change, he didn't do anything, but I mean, he they might found have, him. He might have, you know, played the character. I mean, he yeah. did some acting, but it's not like Robin Williams yeah. voice acting, which is, is top tier. So that's an extreme, right? But even, 
I don't know. It's it's all good. They cast it well. Yeah, and we that's, can say the that's better good. to me than whether the acting is incredible within it. I, I guess I enjoy some of the secondary characters, like uh, the one that we know is played by Greg. I think Greg Proops does a couple of voices in this. He does at least one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and and we know he's sound, you know, he can obviously change his voice because he doesn't sound like these characters that he's embodying. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I I think that that helps. Like I said, I think that helps carry out the film. Well, yeah. Yeah. What I like about the different kinds of voices that you were talking about and is that they, they fit the character of this, the overall character of the, the the space of Halloween town or whatever they're in. So it works. Yeah, exactly. So the burning question that everyone has, has been waiting for us to ask is, is this a Christmas film or is this a Halloween film? And I know what your answer is, but maybe you can tell people what you think. Because I think people actually have thoughts on this. What do you think most people would think first? Honestly. I think people, I think a lot of people, at least casual viewers would say it's a Halloween movie. Would you? I would. I would. I would no, say no, that no, that's no, not what, that not what you agree. I, I would say that's what people would say. Yes, because maybe so. Because it's it. So much of it takes place in Halloween Town or whatever we're calling the place in which these people or these creatures live. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the sort of the center, the anchor of the whole thing. Yes. Hmm. I always, you know, what I call it. I call it a yeah. holiday movie, not a not one or the other, because yeah. it, it isn't one or the other. No, it isn't. And it is a it holiday isn't. movie, but it focuses on two holidays. But in the beginning, we get an, a glimpse that there's an option t- to see these other holidays, what Easter, Thanksgiving, so maybe even... Valentine's see, Day is one of them. Yeah, so it's a holiday movie, and it explores Halloween and Christmas. That's accurate. Yeah. You think it's a Christmas movie. I think it's more of a Christmas movie, yeah. And, and this has sort of been solidified for me only because Halloween the Halloween aspect only lasts for about, you know, two minutes of the film where they're doing Halloween in the beginning and then Jack kind of bails. And then from there on, it's sort of an exploration of Christmas. You know, that's sort of the, the, the first act is Halloween. And then the second and third acts are all pretty much Christmas. We also got uh first, second and third acts wrong, apparently, but that's a discussion for a we different did? day. I looked it up and there are th- three acts and films. No, we just got the idea of how we dissected it in Beauty and the Beast was a little off, but we don't have to talk about that now. Um, okay. You're going to learn something. Yeah. Well, did, apparently the first, because Nikita did, as I said, text me pretty much immediately. And the first act in this case, I guess, would be sort of the This Is Halloween song. Um, and then from there, it would be the second act where Jack kind of goes into Christmas Town does his whole thing there and then i guess the final act would be just after he saves sandy claus so the the first and third acts are really bookends like they're they're pretty much the very beginning and the very end of the film um so while we're on the subject why why is it not the case in beauty and the beast that when we talked about her finding the prince in chapter three like she won't find out that it's him until chapter three why is it not act three that she actually finds out to me. I would say that's still, still like the very, very end of the second act. Um, but also if you're saying, well, because if well, it all, it all comes to into being when he changes from the beast, like it's a reality there. He's yeah. not, you know, to me, that was the third act. Well, to yeah, to me, she finds out, um, 
The third act is the very end of the movie, after the big climax happens and everything's resolved. That's a direct quote. I hope that Nikita doesn't... (laughs) I hope he's okay with me reading this on air and isn't horribly offended. Um, But that's what he says. So um, I guess that would mean... I I would say in that movie, and we're kind of digressing, but that's okay. Um, She kind of sees him as Prince Charming while something there, the something there song is going on is when she makes that realization. And that would be firmly in the second act, according to this. To me, that's her being hopeful about it. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're saying that she discovers it when he actually turns back into a human, maybe you're, maybe you're closer to, maybe we're closer to the third act there. I mean, we, we certainly are. Um, but yeah. So, okay, anyway, uh, we can rewind a little bit. <laughs> And get back to the so I say holiday movie, you say more Christmas. I'd say more Christmas. Yeah, I don't. I you know I I don't really, and I kind of judge that by the fact that I don't really get into. Again, this is sort of a feel thing. That more, I mean, it's everyone has their preferences, but I don't get into this movie as much until like after Thanksgiving. And that I, I guess that might kind of paint how I feel about it in terms of it being a Christmas movie. But that's just how I feel about it. Uh, yeah, I guess it is a little bit more of a Christmas movie, but they released it in October. Yeah, well, they, before Halloween. Yeah, but they could get people to, I don't know, enjoy it. Maybe they kept it in theaters all the way through. I don't. Well, I'm, I'm sure they did. The, the point, I guess, there is that you have enough Halloween that it's relevant. Yeah. And so, yeah, in terms of marketing, we'll get the film out there earlier, and then it should last all the way. I mean, that's what they do with Haunted Mansion Holiday. Yeah, well, it's staying. Yeah, well. it's it's relevant four months out of the year. Apparently, we've talked about the, yeah. Well, we've talked about this before on a previous podcast where we dissected Haunted Mansion. I think that was episode five. Um, if you want a more in depth on sort of the holiday version of Haunted Mansion, but how do you feel about them taking Haunted Mansion offline, sort of for like four months of the year, uh, in order to replace it with this this version where they they make it Nightmare Before Christmas? Selfishly, I I don't like it, but I I mean, and th- and the reason for that is because we have, you could say we've developed a lifestyle as a group of people who go frequently of going during that time because of other reasons, maybe partly that, but so we only see it most most of the time. Yeah, we don't get to years. see the what you're saying is we don't get to see the original version, which we really appreciate as much because of it. Right. So the patterns we've developed in terms of going to Disneyland. That we're just always there during the holiday season, but for I like that for it's a treat for other people. Yeah, because we we go so much, people don't do that. Yeah, most people don't. So it's a treat, and then you also get it a lot a large larger portion of the year. So yeah, I like that they do it. I think as far as a ride overlay goes, it's about as good as it gets too. I think they do a really good job with it. Um, I I like it better than like Ghost Galaxy, which well I guess. I guess it might be second to Monsters After Dark, actually. Monsters After Dark is quite good, but it's the point is is, it, is it's very well done. It, it's not like it's substandard or something. You know, they got the gingerbread house, which is great, and there's, you know, it's not like they're replacing something great with something completely mediocre. They're replacing something great with something that's interesting and fun to do and that we, we genuinely look forward to. Um, but, yeah, I, we, I don't... We haven't seen the original Haunted Mansion in some time. You haven't seen it in a really long time, like the one in Disneyland. Well, I, I probably saw it. I know that I saw it in February of 2018, 
So nearly two years ago. That's a long ago. time ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also feel like I've seen it because we, we'd gone maybe that same year in, in June and August. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did actually. So I know that I saw it then. Okay. At, le- so at least one of those times. That's not very long for most people, I guess. But considering how often we go, it is it is a bit odd that it's been so long since you've seen. Because I went in March of this year or April. Yes, April of this year. So I've seen it. I saw it then and was lucky enough to see it then. Um, but anyways, the point is, is I think that this film, it, it's suitable that it becomes an overlay. And since it does encompass both Halloween and Christmas, it does make sense that they would have it. But it just, it turns out to be such a long time. So, so much of the year, you know, a third of the year, it's down. It's, it is this attraction, which is quite a long time for uh, a classic attraction like the Haunted Mansion to be changed over to um a, a ride overlay that for a movie that came out in 1993 and wasn't that popular when it came out only recently has it kind of amassed this big following you know half of it, its existence it wasn't as popular as it is now so what else what, yeah. uh, what, what, what go ahead well i guess it's a pretty big deal that the uh haunted mansion got taken over by this this movie and his characters yeah because that doesn't really happen yeah with other films well they were trying to figure out what to do with the haunted mansion they did want to do something for the holidays so i guess it was going to be something regardless of whether or not it was going to be uh nightmare before christmas it was gonna they were thinking about doing a sort of thing with the christmas carol where they do like the ghost of past present and future that was toyed with uh there's all sorts of ideas they had but they landed on this and eventually i think they did one year without Danny Elfman or Tim Burton's involvement and then we're able to get them on board basically by saying well we're doing this whether you like it or not so and they were like well okay if it's going to be done we might as well do it well yeah Danny Elfman is the composer yeah that that should be and he's also the voice of he's the singing the singing voice of Jack yeah um so yeah that's important to note I I actually really respect and enjoy how careful and tim burton is with these characters um he and that's part of the reason he didn't want them to do the haunted mansion holiday uh is because he is extremely careful with with his characters and and i think in particular these characters i had heard somewhere and i can't cite the source but so don't quote me on this or, or take it with a grain of salt he had been asked to do a sequel for it and outright refused which is yeah. something you and i of course, respect and enjoy. Yeah, we support that. Yeah, because that would just be. Well, I hear they're they're now thinking about doing some sort of follow up. That was something that I saw on like Disney Wiki. So who knows? In now? Like a thread, yeah. And so there's, as far as I know, that's about as far as it goes. What the words I just said, but uh, it's not surprising me that they would try if they if it and that's in fact true. It wouldn't surprise me. I would be extremely disappointed. Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Go to Easter land? No one wants well, to see Thanksgiving, that. obviously. Oh, we would be Easter Island, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what that's for. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what you would even do. I've heard people say that though. Like I want them to explore the other, it's like, isn't it so much better that they don't? I, I that's my opinion. I think a lot of people think differently. They want they want more of the same thing. I wonder if that's because, in general, I think people like instant gratification or like stuff that they know that they like. So that's why, like, that's what we do with Disney. We know we like it, and so we keep revisiting it. 
the same movies. Some people, I think, are doing that with stories, and so sequels come up, and they like that because it's just it's more of the same. Maybe they identify more with the characters. I don't know. Uh, but that's just a hypothesis I have. What character in this movie would you most like to see an origin story for? Dr. Finkelstein. Yeah? No, I don't... I that don't, could be interesting. I, How did he get in that wheelchair? Uh, yeah, that's an origin story, all right. Was it he could born be that great, way? But, yeah, born Horrible accident? I don't, I don't want an origin story for any of them because it's not the point of the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm kind of kidding. I know Although, you are. I know you I are. I would like to figure out how Oogie Boogie got filled with bugs. Well, yeah, that's just it. Yeah, you, that's something I want to know, but <laughs> maybe put that in the... A short story. <laughs> or a short story or like a Q&A with a director or something. Yeah. Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, do you... What about... This is actually an interesting question. I've, I, because of this film, I've wanted to get on board with other Tim Burton projects, I haven't really been able to do it. Where do you stand on him as as sort of a a filmmaker uh, and his other films that you've watched? I don't think I've seen any other of his films other than this one and Alice in Wonderland live action. I haven't actually seen that one. I might have seen Through the Looking Glass as well. They're just they're just different. They're weird. Not and that's not bad. I actually didn't mind Alice in Wonderland. The live action one, uh, but uh, they're they're definitely weirder. Maybe sometimes too much so for my taste. Yeah, especially when it comes to making the people weird. These these characters in this film are just creations out of you know different materials and. Well, there's no rules to how they should behave, so he makes the rules of how they are supposed to behave. Well, and you can make them look how any way any way you want. They don't. It's not like what Tim Burton did Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, right? Yeah, pretty sure. But he he looks so weird. Johnny uh, Depp. Uh, yeah, as Willy Wonka. Yeah, or or just as the Mad Hatter, right? I mean, he looks really weird to me. Do you think that he may be he's weird for the sake of being weird? Like he, like perhaps it's not always necessary in the movies you've seen. Or do I, you, I don't know that I want to say it's necessary or not because it could just be my own aversion to some level of weirdness that he's engaged in. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't mean anything to the quality of what's happening. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't really want to comment on, like, having a, a, a definitive opinion on whether it's good or bad. It's just I noticed that, it, for me, it's it's pretty weird, and I can't always tell why. Not an Edward Scissorhands fan? Never saw it. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. Thank you. I, I've seen bits and pieces of Coraline. I haven't really watched it, like, sat down and, and made a point to watch it. Have you watched yeah. that one? No. No. Oh well, I mentioned the two that I watched, and we've already discussed. It them seems now, good. So. That's another one that Peyton loves. So I don't okay. know. I I must say because we haven't said I love this movie. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. It is one of my. It's weird because I I don't know where to place it, but it is very high on the list of my favorite Disney movies of all time. It's it feels like it belongs in a different category just because of the style of it, and and Disney wasn't really putting their name on it when it first came out. So it kind of has a different feel, I feel like. But I love this movie, and I don't know where to place it, but it is one of my favorite movies of all time. What do you think on a scale of 1 to 10? Or do a Rotten Tomatoes score Mm. percentage. For me, you may think this is insane. I would say it's like a 96 for me. Well, you know what? Rotten Tomatoes comes with 
So a 9.6 out of 10. That Yeah, that's what I would give it. That's pretty high. Pretty high praise. I, I can't say I disagree with the, the 9, what do you call that, the 90th percentile. Yeah. What would you say but that it actually is on Rotten Tomatoes? 99. <laughs> it's a 9.5, 95%. Okay. IMDb, it's an 8, which is pretty high for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 between 8 and eight and 10. I don't think it's a 10. No, a few things are. You know what? Maybe eight to nine and a half. But I'm gonna I might even stick in the high eights. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. You can this is another one that on Disney Plus, if if you're if you're so inclined, you can watch it as told through emojis. So that's oh, exciting really? news. I'm not sure how many every time I <laughs> go to the extras, I haven't done it for every Disney film, so I can't say if they all <laughs> do this, but there's an option to watch. I don't know what it is. I've not clicked on it yet, but there's an option to watch, you know, X movie as told through emojis, which I'm not sure what that is, but. Well, click on it, dude. Yeah. I need to inform the listeners. Know. Then you'll know. Hey, you may, you may even find something you really enjoy. If somebody's watched it, please let me know. Um, I would love to. I would love to know what it is. I, I should just. I should just explore it for like six minutes. But I, I. Is it only like six minutes? Oh, I don't know. But I could watch it for six minutes to get an idea of what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very bizarre. The whole like. I think what we'll do is we'll 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 keep talking about how bizarre it is, and then maybe watch it, maybe not. Eventually, we'll get there. Yeah. But for now, let's just keep talking about it. You know. It could be a running theme that we it's just like, never watch it. It's just like how. I don't know if you haven't seen the Monty Python's Life of Brian, but there's, no. they make a joke about how they're, at one point, how they're having meetings about having future meetings. And that's kind of like almost what we're doing. We're having a discussion about a thing that we could just go do yeah. later and then have an answer. We could do it right now on air. No, 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 no. You can't see the emojis. It wouldn't work. Yeah. We could act them out, sure. But to vocalize them. Yeah. That's a voice talent that uh, I don't know that I possess. Yeah. Where does this... Okay, so another important question. Where does this rank on movies you like to watch during Christmas? Low. Low. Very low. Very low. Well, how, in the group of movies that I watch, which is not very many. So yeah. It's less than 10. But it's on the bottom half. Um, it's after, what, Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, oh. The Santa Claus. You put you Home Alone 2 over... I don't think you've Christmas. seen Home Alone 2. Yeah. Because to me, that's almost as good as number one, if not better. The story is, I mean, it's kind of similar to the first one, but it's also in a different setting, and there's nothing wrong with it as far as I'm concerned. I didn't say it's wrong. I, um, to be clear, I actually like Nightmare Before Christmas more than Home Alone. That's just, but that's a personal preference. Oh, yeah, this is all personal. I'm not objectively ranking it right now. Yeah, I'm just interested. Go uh, on. So it's Home Alone 1 and 2, and these aren't necessarily numbers 1 and 2. And then the Santa Claus, what else did I watch? Um well, as a kid, I liked Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but <laughs> I, 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 don't think, I don't think that one would go above Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, but how about you? Maybe I can think of a couple more while you're talking. The Santa Claus, I think, is number one. And then I think it's Elf. I really like Elf. And not because it's my favorite movie, but because it's it gets me in that Christmas mood. You know what I mean? That's yeah. sort of where I'm at with it. And then it's Nightmare. That's where I fall. Home Alone will come in right after that, I think. Um, hmm. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, Home Alone, I, I like it, but I don't have the same attachment. And then, of course, Die Hard right after that. Die Hard is, of course, Certainly, a Christmas yeah. movie as yeah, people absolutely. 
What about Halloween movies, Thomas? What about them? Well, where do you fall on? Where does this fall on that list? Since it's such a since it's a Halloween movie, as you would say. I would say it's partially a Halloween movie. <laughs> but where does it fall on the list of of movies you watch during Halloween? If you, as in so far as you have those. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that I have too many. I okay, mean, you this can, or Hocus Pocus. The thing is, you can include a, a lot of horror movies in Halloween. So I don't know that I want to do that, but this or Hocus Pocus. It goes Hocus Pocus, maybe then this one. Really? For Halloween? Yeah, absolutely. Because Hocus Pocus is one hundred percent Halloween. This is fascinating. You don't think it's one hundred percent Halloween, and therefore more deserving of the number one spot for Halloween? I guess it's number one. Think about number one. Think about the number one and how important that is. It comes the, first. How important that number is. Yeah, yeah, there is no number one. There's no number two. That's exactly right. As you well Nightmare know. Before Christmas is number two. And in the movie, I think we agreed on this, Halloween is the number two holiday focused on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, during Halloween, Nightmare is below Hocus Pocus. Assuming that Hocus Pocus is number one, that makes Nightmare number two. Where does the Disney classic Halloween Town fall? Well, I would just thought of that right now but yeah. I, I don't know that that's more nostalgic but as an actual film like I, I i might be more inclined to watch nightmare because i can let's just say it's number three better skeleton better skeleton hmm. jack skeleton or the cab driver and <laughs> well they're both funny we get more Jack Skellington, he's better. Yeah. Well, the cab driver in Halloween Town gets mean at one point because something happens. I forget what. And it's... Uh, oh, it's some magical spell. It's quite scary. Evil's involved. It's Halloween Town after all. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Better movie to watch during uh, St. Patrick's Day. This movie or Luck of the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Look at the Irish, of course. L-O-I. A, a, L-O-I. Yes, a, a classic Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> well, you love to call on that one. It's just the one I remember so much. That and the 13th year. And the 13th yeah. year is so bad. Um, the 13th year is required viewing at all times of the year. <laughs> Especially That's, the 13th month of the year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, well, there's a whole chunk of Disney Channel original movies to me that we probably grew up on. And so, therefore, I have them in my mind as all sort of on an equal scale. Maybe Halloween Town is up above it's it. Got, I feel like it is a step above for some reason. Because it's my favorite. That one, Brink. I liked Johnny Tsunami a lot because mm. I was into like skateboarding. And that's why I liked Brink. It's more of an extreme sports thing. But below that, everything is fairly on this. Uh, it's pretty fairly ranked. It's no, no one above the other. I don't. Yeah, so we can move past it for now. I remember when we first started really getting into Nightmare Before Christmas, you you told me of one part, and, and this may be my, my one of my favorite parts in the film, is when he's trying to create Christmas and he is doing all sorts of things. And one thing you brought up to me was when he crushes the ornament and puts it in the, the beaker or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. boiling and it yeah. turns green. He's like, interesting reaction. But what does it mean? So whenever <laughs> I see that, I think of, of really my sort of introduction to this film, which was when I started watching it as an adult and you and I spoke about it. Yeah. And, you know, he cuts up the, he tries to make a snowflake and he opens it up and it's a big spider. I mean, that's just so great. And so there's, there's really smart things throughout the film 
where he's doing that. I don't even remember what's on it. That big math equation that he's doing where it's like. It includes in parentheses, chestnuts over <laughs> open fire. Yes. And then, you know, multiply that times whatever. In, in, yeah. There's a, a the end is equals, equals candy cane or something. No, equals Christmas. No, but like throughout he'll do like, there's a, can, yeah, there's yeah. a picture of a candy cane. He's well, multiplying that by. They include stuff like that on the Haunted Mansion holiday exterior. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. There's a book, a really good book, if anyone's interested, of um, that I actually own. Uh, it's just a children's book, but it's sort of the story of Nightmare Before Christmas with pictures, and it's illustrated. I think it's – well, I don't want to say it's illustrated by Tim Burton, but it might be. Okay, so I watched a little bit of a behind-the-scenes thing. I, I didn't have that much time to do research or interest, I guess, just watching this one making of. But it seems to be the case, and I could be wrong. We should – double check but that those drawings in that book are some of the more of the more original sketches or whatever that's interesting for the characters or maybe what they used in the book was based off of the earlier yeah sketches well yeah because the book uh, there are some differences in the book from the film that aren't ex- i mean like there are small differences but the way things go are slightly is slightly different yeah so that's interesting Jack, uh, where does where does Jack rank on all time Jacks? You know, you've got Jack Skellington, you've got Jack Sparrow, you've got Jack from the movie Jack. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's on Disney Plus, so I guess that's fair game. <laughs> yeah, Disney Jacks. Where does, he, where does Jack Skellington rank on Disney Jacks? <laughs> oh man, well Jack Sparrow got the really game good. Jacks. You know that old game Jacks. Anyways, yet to be owned, not yet owned by Disney, but. <laughs> We'll They're working that on it later yeah. on, yeah. Um, ooh. Well, Robin Williams, Jack, number end of the list. He's the end of the list. <laughs> number three, yeah. I mean, uh, he can't even go down a flight of stairs properly. So, well, not when he's upset. I mean, <laughs> show a little compassion, my friend. Yeah. Anyways, go on. I really hope people have seen that movie and know exactly what we're referencing. <laughs> yeah, but me too. Um, well, actually, that's difficult because Jack Sparrow is a really interesting character. I actually think it's Jack Sparrow. I don't think Jack Skellington is necessarily what makes this movie for me. So I, I actually think it's Jack Sparrow is better. Okay, he's better. Who's your favorite character in this movie? I think it's the mayor. What about you? Oogie Boogie? Hmm, no, I don't. I don't think so. I like that song for sure. But yeah. I'm trying to think about who do I like to see on the screen and hear them... I mean, it could be it could be Jack. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't say Sally. No, uh, well, I kind of like following her point of view. Well, the, I think she's film. I think she's the voice of the audience. Yeah, in a way. Well, yes. Um, I think as a kid, I liked Doctor Doctor F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not convinced that you know how to say his name. So the, you're the not way, taking my yeah, word for it, Doctor F. Uh, I liked him for some reason. And I don't really know. Maybe you know what I liked was that he, when he opened up his head thing, his <laughs> yeah. brain was there. It just seemed like a really interesting idea that that was, yeah. it was that easy to access. The, the, the brain. <laughs> well, and at one point he just removes half of it. It it really sees no negative effects. Yeah, he's just, he keeps plugging along. I mean, well, actually, it was it's funny too. It's just kind of goofy, funny, silly, funny when he just scratches it. You know, yeah, he, he lifts it up and, and scratches and, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's squishy or whatever, but that, Ugh, I think I God. liked that as a kid because I I liked the, like experiments and lab stuff. Not so much that I was doing them, but I was intrigued by them, and that's why I liked that character. But maybe Jack or Jack or him. Oh, okay, that's fair I, enough. Beyond him, so what? You have Jack, Doctor F, Sally, Oogie Boogie. 
those are the main ones and the mayor you like. I would give you I I would give you the Santa three Claus. the Oogies boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like them as one person because they're kind of obnoxious. Not that they shouldn't be, but yeah, that's kind of their purpose. I don't really understand. They they sort of do this whole thing where they actually do something kind of evil, where they they put Santa Claus in the Oogie's pit, and they do it knowingly, knowing what's going to happen. And then they bring everyone to Jack at the end, and all is forgiven. I'm confused, or just they just no one knows they did it, so it's fine. They kind of get away with it. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Are they good? Are they bad? It's confusing. I think someone famous, I shouldn't even say this, but someone someone voiced one of those characters, one of those three characters, um, or it might have just been... I think someone voiced all three. Yes. I mean, there was a voice for each one of them. Oh, yeah. No, but, so, but I, I was so confused about what you said, what you meant. Um, no, there's there's a... Oh, it's it's uh, Paul Rubens. That's Pee Wee Herman. Vo- yes, voice is Locke. That's Which one is Locke? I think he's the uh, yeah he's ooh um, well I think he's the devil but let me just make make sure yeah I think he's the devil so that's who he voices. He's the devil. Yeah, just like little girls from Waterboy. He voices yes the devil character so that's an interesting little factoid for all of you out there. Um. But yes, so. Do people know who Pee Wee Herman is anymore? Um, yes, they do. It, if, it was an easy question. You didn't have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, anyways, point is. That's an interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Another interesting voice actor is the point. Um, do we know who voiced the Boogeyman, actually? I feel like that's an interesting. Oh, uh, I don't know him by name, but uh, I've seen him perform the song live. Yes. No, that's actually something I wasn't that's interesting. There, I wasn't there live. What's video. that video you have uh, oh, where, I don't that know. you have that you found? Where was it? The Holiday Bowl or whatever? Uh, well, the one that I might have shown you was a, a performance of many from the Holiday, the, sorry, the Hol- Hollywood Bowl in. Uh, oh, did I call it the Holiday Bowl? Yeah, in Oops. like LA or something. So. Probably in Hollywood, but you know, sometimes those things are just outside of an area. But they used to do, and they might have stopped for some, for some reason. I think they have. Uh, every year, they would do some performances of some of the cast singing the songs from that movie. Some of them, anyway, like a concert. I mean, they might have even had the film on behind them. Yeah, so you could see him. There is another guy who played the genie in, on Broadway for Aladdin. His name is James something Hart, Englehart, something like that. He did this song once on stage, and it was actually really good, pretty close to sounding like the other guy. So, yeah. Ken anyway, Page, I mean, who? the original voice of the Boogeyman. Ken? Ken Page. Ken Page. Returned to voice him in Disney's California Adventure for the yeah. Halloween season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is quite nice. He, what would he always say? out there yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. it'd be funny because it would be like you know we get to the park really early it'd be like you know 7 a.m um sometimes we get there even earlier because oftentimes when we stay at halloween we stay in a disneyland resort so we'd have early access to the parks and it would be like still kind of dark and california adventure's not even open and they have that big you know boogeyman statue and he'll just be like uh boo or say something you'll just be like (laughs) 
It's like everyone's lined up at Disneyland. There's nobody at California Adventure. He's just making a bunch of noise over there. It's, it's funny. Yeah, it's nice that that's a good, a really good character for that time of year. I think to to bring into the parks. That's that's actually a manifestation of this movie into the parks that I really enjoy. Is the Boogeyman in California Adventure sort of taking it over is a lot of fun. Yeah, the fact that they've done that is really cool. Actually, I like I like how they've sort of translated Nightmare Before Christmas into the parks. I've decided that it's quite awesome. Yeah, I don't think you have an argument. Anyone has an argument against it. I think people don't like it because it just it's too much IP or whatever. They like you know with the the Haunted Mansion holiday. Possibly, possibly. I don't, I, yeah, uh, I was just thinking of a couple years back. I carved a pumpkin to look like. Ah, yes, we both did this once. Oogie boogie. Yours was quite good. It was good. I don't know how it looked lit up because I I did it at my brother's place in another state, and so. We left before Halloween, so they, you're not going to light it up. But anyway, I was really proud of it. It looked, I mean, it's so simple to do. Well, you shaved it though, right? The moon behind him, you shaved, yeah, which yeah, was I, interesting. I, I did, did I did not do that. You, that made yours look cool when it, even when it wasn't lit up. Right, and that's that's when I made it. So I, I actually don't think I shaved it enough so that the light would shine through on the moon part. Yeah, but that's okay. It was still really fun to make. It looked good as sort of a almost like a statuesque type thing where it didn't, like I said, it didn't have to be lit up actually. It looked quite cool. Yeah. I've never shaved a pumpkin before. I should get that picture to you to put up on Instagram. Yeah. Send it to me. We'll put it out there. Um, it's, uh, well, I mean, that character is great for Halloween. In no yeah. way is Oogie Boogie related to Christmas. So. Except when he has this candy cane in his hat. Yeah. But like <laughs> when I made the pumpkin, in no way did it feel out of place. Yeah. Be, they should have. They should have had Oogie Boogie be the, be Santa Claus. That's like a seamless transition. He's big and he's yeah. a very loud voice. What? what? How is it seamless? I mean, there's some pun there because he's seamed. He's sewn together. Yes. So many he's seams. seamed together. You just seamed together. Yeah. Anyway. No, I'm just saying that. The, I think the character would have had so much to had so much of a turnaround that that would have taken a number of, I mean, like hours of of story to get there. <laughs> they just be a totally different character. They just call a noogie boogie to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, good stuff. All right, guys, well get, you've only got a couple more weeks to watch this movie because after Christmas, it's actually Entirely. illegal to watch it. So if not just irrelevant, it's illegal. So yeah. Immoral, everything. So pop it in. If you haven't watched it in a while and if you're, or if you're afraid of it, get over that and just watch it because it's a great movie and we love it here at the talking llamas podcast and you should love it too indeed all right guys well merry christmas to everyone we will will not speak to you until uh christmas has passed so have a merry christmas a happy new year or whatever whatever holidays you may be celebrating enjoy those and we will see you next week for episode 25 of the talking llamas podcast have a good one guys talk to you later